When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whether you're in North or South Carolina or any, anywhere else in the world, enter the Cat Cave with myself, Ryan Frick, and Michael Davis to listen to your f- favorite Carolina Panthers podcast, as part of the Keep Pounding Podcast Network, powered by the Fans First Sports Network, where you can find such podcasts as Believe in Panthers, Embrace Debate, and Inside the Vault. Uh, myself, Ryan Frick, alongside Michael Davis. Michael, I had a hard time getting that out, man. I'm a little under the weather, but uh, but I'm, I'm going to make it work. How's it going, man? Dude, it's going pretty good, and there were a lot of peas in there. So yeah. uh, as, as long as your peas didn't pop, you know, that's a broadcasting 101 thing right there. I just gave our audience listening in inside the cat cave, but I'm doing well, man. Uh, that's that's more than what I can say for the Panthers preseason opener against the New York Jets, but I'm sure we'll dive right into that. Yeah, before we get started, I do want to mention, um, not Panthers related, but I, I received the news. I say I received the news. We all received the news about former Seahawks and Baltimore Ravens running back Alex Collins, who unfortunately uh, passed away at the age of 28 in a motorcycle accident uh, earlier this week. Very, very sad news. He was only 28 years old. Uh, so so our thoughts and prayers go out to his his family. Um, Michael, do you have any memories of watching Alex Collins, be it in, in the NFL or in, in college at Arkansas? Yeah, it's kind of crazy because it's like he's 28 years old, you know? So – it wasn't long ago he was playing for the Seahawks, more memorably the Seahawks, um, playing big games for them. Uh, and, and stinks because he's only 28 years old. It happened on a motorcycle. Um, I feel like, and this is a football podcast, but I feel like some, I don't know the, all the details surrounding what happened, but I feel like some drivers don't look out for the motorcyclists on the road. Um, my uncle was a big motorcycle driver. My dad's gotten into it now, uh, the last couple years, and just thinks, man, because I don't know if this could have been avoided or whatever. Um, but yeah, my thoughts are with Alex and his family. Uh, it's a really, it's a really tough situation. Twenty-eight years old, man. It's it seems like it seems like every year we we unfortunately have to deal with something like this. I believe it was last year, the year before, it was Dwayne Haskins. So it's it's just. It's unfortunate. Uh, I, again, don't know all the details, but nevertheless, a tragedy. Nonetheless, the thoughts and prayers go out to his, uh, his family and, and his friends and, and his, his former teammates and all that. And the other 28 years old, a lot of life to live. Um, so a really unfortunate situation. Don't know how to transition from there, Michael. So we're just going to get to it. You mentioned um, we, we, we're doing a lot better than the Carolina Panthers after this preseason opener where they lost 27 nothing to the New York Jets. Let's start off on offense here. Uh, the starters didn't get a lot of play time. I don't believe Miles Sanders played this game. 
Um, you saw a lot of the starting receivers play. Adam Thielen had a catch. Hayden Hurst had a catch. Uh, Bryce Young only played, I believe, three series. He was he was hit three times. Uh, he he was sacked once, but he went four for six for twenty one yards. The other leading uh, stat candidates, Spencer Brown, led the team in rushing eight carries, thirty four yards, and Derek Wright led the team in receiving three catches, thirty five yards. But I mentioned that that quarterback stuff, man. Uh, the quarterbacks were sacked five times in this game. Uh, Matt Corral came in in relief of Bryce Young, sacked four times through an interception in this game. After the game, the offensive line coach, after the team meeting, pulled the offensive line aside for a, for an offensive line only meeting. Michael, give us your thoughts on on how this game transpired, and and what what do you think was said in that in that offensive line only meeting? That offensive line only meeting. You know, you hear the saying all the time, I wish I was a fly on the wall. No, I really don't wish I was a fly on the wall. <laughs> that would have been brutal to listen into. And I'm going to go ahead and say this. I'm very high on the Jets this year. One of the Jets' high points of last year was their defense. Okay? They solved the quarterback issue, going to get Aaron Rodgers. Okay? They just signed Dalvin Cook this week as well. And they the activated Brees Hall, so they got two running backs this week. I mean, they they uh they they're going all out for that AFC East crown and to compete in that tough conference with the likes of Mahomes and Chiefs, Burrow and the Bengals. Okay, but their strength was the defense. It's still the defense. They went out and got Will Anderson in the first round as well. Uh, Will Anderson was wreaking havoc in that backfield. So. It's no surprise to me that the Jets' defensive front manhandled Carolina's offensive front like they did. Because we've said it on the show, we've said it on this podcast network, the offensive line is the concern here. Now, what I will say, there is a bright spot. I know losing 27-0 in preseason opener is like, ah, oh, no. Okay, Bryce Young felt very composed in that pocket. Even if all the defensive pressure was getting him, he was getting hit. Again, he got hit three times. He got sacked once. He kept his composure. He was going through his reads. It felt like Bryce Young belongs here in the NFL. He didn't look rattled like C.J. Stroud did in that preseason opener. And we also have to realize this was the Jets' second preseason game as opposed to the Panthers' first preseason game. Jets had those moments against the Browns where they looked ugly, uh, what's going on, but then they worked through those after having that first game under their belt. I feel like Carolina can do the same uh, when they play the Giants this next week. Yeah, to your point, you know, the question was, can Bryce Young take a hit in an NFL game? Well, he took three in this game, and like you said, he didn't look rattled. Uh, you would have liked to see him put together a drive that gets into opposing territory, gets into the opposing red zone, gives him a chance to score. Uh, listen, I'm not high on the Jets. I think they have a great defense, sure. Um, but it doesn't justify a 27 nothing, you know, loss. Uh, more, more importantly to me than, than the offensive line giving up so much pressure and, and being that, that area of concern is the defense. Now, granted, I know the defense played primarily backups for most of this game, but they got, I wouldn't call it torched. Zach Wilson looked fantastic in this game. 123 pass yards with a touchdown. 
but the defense gave up 258 rushing yards. 258. This is a defense that was top top half of the league in, in most statistical categories last year. And I, I know it's preseason. And I'm going to preface this by saying that the 0-16 Lions went undefeated in the preseason. The Baltimore Ravens haven't lost a preseason game in seven years. So I, I would be remiss if I didn't say that not that the preseason games don't matter, but we tend to look too much into it. But giving up 258 rushing yards on the ground, no Brees Hall and no Dalvin Cook, does that say more about how the, the Jets are scheming, trying to trying to go into the season, or more, more so about the Panthers quite possibly just having some, some areas of concern on that defense? Well, I hate when we look at, these and I, and I get it. Like rush defense is a concern after this game. I, I don't love when we look at just the box score and we see everything. Like we're like, oh my gosh, Panthers lost twenty-seven nothing. They gave up X amount of yards. They gave up X amount of rush pass yards. They gave up X amount of touchdowns because a lot of this was in the second half. Okay, the Jets scored fourteen points in the fourth quarter. How many of those guys on either side of the ball are going to be playing significant minutes this regular season, barring some huge injury? None of them. Like, I mean, th- that that's that's the difficult thing when it looks like compiling all of these stats. Um, I can tell you the players who look good. I can tell you the players who didn't look so good. That's more concerning about their spot on a fifty-three man roster, but. I really, I really hope we don't read too much into the preseason game and the box score. I think I'm looking forward more to seeing what they can do in their second game, what they can learn from, what they can put together. Uh, the Giants are a good football team, but I, I think that uh, coming off this game, hopefully a fire is lit underneath somebody uh, to stop somebody from the Giants as well as to to get the offense rolling. Because, again, if you look at the receiving targets that went to Carolina, I'm looking at the box score. On the score right now, again, Derek Wright led, led your receiving uh, – led, led, led the team in receiving in the game. You had Javon Wims uh, right, right beneath him, Tommy Tremble, uh, C.J. Saunders, Adam Thielen had a catch in this game, D.J. Chark had a catch in this game. A lot of guys, again, long after they pulled uh, Bryce Young, Caught, caught passes. I guess my concern is what wide receiver is going to step up and, and be the guy that takes over the game from a receiver standpoint. Now that we're, now that I'm on the subject of receivers, I've got a concern about a guy that we've been talking about for a while to figure out whether or not he's going to take that big next step. Terrace Marshall was carted off the practice field this week. Apparently a, a, a tweak, some sort of back tweak. Uh, but if you're tweaking something, I'm listen. I I'm a hefty guy. Sometimes you just move the wrong way. You pull a muscle in your back, and it's it's painful. It can it can put you down. But I have never hurt my back so much that I couldn't like walk. So ha- considering that they they had to cart him off, what are your concerns about Terrace Marshall and and what this particular? 
could potentially be. And is this if this turns out to be serious, is there a concern that Marshall isn't brought back next season? Well, I I, I want to go ahead and say I don't want to speculate on the injury. I'm not a doctor. I'm just a fan of the game. So I'm going to look at this from a football point of view. Um, it's not good that he was carted off the field with a back ear injury in preseason. Um, now, granted, might be to prevent any further injury, but I'm also looking at the depth at this position for the Carolina Panthers, which is what we've talked about extensively throughout the summer because you have Adam Thielen, you have Mingo, who's making some big plays as a rookie receiver that I called, by the way. You have DJ Chark, who's impressed me. You have LaVisca Chenault. You have Demir Bird, Shai Smith. You have a couple guys like Derek Wright and J Javon Wims who weren't even an, a thought in our podcast or probably throughout the organization. And they were two of the better receivers in the Jets game, particularly Derek Wright, um, who th on three targets caught three catches for 35 yards, uh, made a couple big plays for the Panthers, even though none of them resulted in any points. Like, there is depth at this position now. This is a new organization where they are more focused on winning games and being excellent at the highest level that we haven't seen in this organization in years. The unfortunate part about the NFL is it's a business, and the greatest ability is availability. So... With any injury, particularly sustained in the preseason, you don't want those happening because then you kind of get put in the back burner. You almost become an afterthought in some cases as other guys step up and say, hey, I deserve a spot on this roster. Not only that, I deserve a spot on the depth chart, high, playing in meaningful minutes in the regular season. And I went ahead and said before this injury, probably on one of our earlier episodes, Terrace Marshall's good. Yeah, but could he, like, be the odd man out in this receiving core? I mean, and if you're injured, there's a bigger possibility of that happening. So does Terrace Marshall have to get significant play time in the rest of the preseason? Like, let's say hypothetically he just he pulled a muscle. He's going to be fine. It's just a pain tolerance thing, and and he, he'll be good to go to play on, on Friday, Saturday, whenever it is the game is this weekend. Um or worst case scenario, they want to rest him till the regular season. What's your best case, worst case scenario for Terrace Marshall at this point? Uh, best case scenario, he's healthy. Uh, looking at the depth chart, I mean, he's already probably the fourth or fifth receiver in this lineup. I mean, it's... It's not looking good anyways. Who you, who you got uh, above him? I'm curious who you have above Terrace Marshall. Thielen, Chark, and Mingo. Oh, so you got Chark up there. That's interesting. I know you said he's impressed you, but that's interesting because I've been I've been beating the drum of DJ Chark and LaVisca <laughs> Chenault the entire okay. season. Okay. And uh, all of a sudden, now you've got him ahead of a guy like Terrace Marshall and, and other guys. Well, I, never said, I never said Chenault was above him. Let's Let's be fair. Okay, well, DJ, DJ Chark has shown he has a connection with rookie quarterback Bryce Young. And for a rookie quarterback, if you already have that connection established, then that's obviously going to put you higher on the depth chart. So I got I got Marshall at a four right now. 
Uh, and then I probably have Chenault at five. Um, I don't know if I want Demir Bird or Shy Smith. Shy Smith also had an injury. Um, he was able to return in that Jets game. Who knows where he sees himself, but yeah. It's worst case scenario, you have guys like Chenault or you guys have Demir Bird outplay you, and they're like, oh, we don't need Terrace Marshall. Maybe we can trade him for a draft pick for next year, or we could trade him and get a piece on our offensive line instead. I just, you know, you tried to beat that beat that chest about how you were right about Mingo, and I just wanted to beat I am, chest by it. the way. I just wanted to beat my chest about how, how I was onto something about DJ Chark potentially being a a big time producer in this in this offense. So I will uh, I will beat my chest about being right about Mingo. And everybody's well, going everybody's going to thank me about mid year. They're going to be like, "Thank you Michael for being right about Jonathan Mingo." I'm sure he? Frank Wright listened to this podcast and was like, "Okay, I'll I'll, I'll trust this broadcasting graduate from Appalachian State University." Now play Cameron Peoples. Come did, on, man. Did Mingo get any snaps in the Jets game? I honestly, like, I don't remember. Yeah, Jonathan Mingo um, played a few snaps. Uh, didn't do anything particularly in the preseason game. And honestly, how could you? Because of the offensive line getting to Bryce Young. Uh, but but Jonathan Mingo is a pretty clear two or three on this team. He started the game for the Panthers. Well, listen. If you look at the the matchup for week two in preseason, you get the new uh, the New York Giants who lost to my uh, to the Detroit Lions uh, in week one. Um, I think you and I are both happy about that. Yeah, listen. Uh, the line. I've, I've been telling people for years that the Lions are on the on the up upswing, and they continue to be so. Uh, the Giants. You, you didn't see. Uh, why can't I say his name? Who's their starting quarterback? Uh, and he just got a big big money extension. Who is the quarterback for the New York Giants? Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. Thank you. That's I'm telling you. That's that's how that's how off I'm feeling, Michael. Uh, Daniel yeah, Jones did no, not play. That, that's more how irrelevant Daniel Jones is. Well, if Saquon Barkley wasn't there, Daniel Jones would be irrelevant. So I'm looking. I'm looking at the stat lines in their in their opening opening weekend loss to the Lions. Tommy DeVito got a lot of playtime in this game. No relation to Danny, from my understanding. I, I would imagine he's a little taller than, than Danny. Um, Tyrod Taylor, I believe, got the start. Went three for four for seven yards. DeVito went 155 yards with a touchdown and interception, and he was sacked five times. So that gives you some hope that maybe the Giants' offensive line is going to be struggling like the Panthers did uh, in week one. Um, leading rusher, just Sean Corbin. Obviously, Saquon Barkley probably not going to play. In this preseason, Cole Beasley, I did not realize, was playing for the Giants. A lot of different pass catchers catching pa uh, passes for the Giants. Jalen Hyatt is a guy, if, if you're watching the Panthers game this weekend, Jalen Hyatt is a guy that I am watching to see what he can produce for the Giants. If he can do some stuff against the secondary for the Carolina Panthers, Jalen Hyatt, a very talented wide receiver out of the University of Tennessee that lit up every scoreboard that he played against except for the University of South Carolina. So having said that, we are headed into week two of the preseason. I've already made a comment that a team like the 0-16 Detroit Lions went undefeated in the preseason. So the idea is not to look too much into the scoreboard for the preseason. 
but I know we've I know we're might we might be beating a dead horse at this point, but both of these coming off a lot, both of these teams coming off a loss. What's the biggest biggest area of concern headed into the to week two preseason game against the Giants this weekend? Yeah, like, I don't want. What do you want to see? Well, I want I want to see three things. Okay, one of them we've beat the dead horse about was the offensive line needs to play better. I I've I've said it once. I've said it a billion times. A game is won or lost in the trenches. Okay, especially having your rookie quarterback, you want to give him more reps. Um, but if your offensive line is playing like garbage, then you know you're not going to win many games. Now they do have a benefit. Okay, the Jets' defensive front is incredible. Okay, and I think everybody's going to realize that this season. The Giants' defensive front, uh, mid. Okay. At least in that uh, preseason opener, again, we're not looking too much into the box score or whatever. But I think it's interesting to note that the Giants gave up five sacks that game. The Lions only gave up one sack. The Lions only gave up one sack with Nate Sudfeld and Adrian Martinez uh, playing him at the quarterback position. So what I'm expecting is this isn't a good Giants defensive front so far put them against this Carolina Panthers offensive line and see if they can hold their own against the Giants D line. If they can't, I think, you know, one problem, two problem, the common denominator would be the Panthers O line. And that'd be a concern. The second thing I need to see is Matt Corral. We were on the show last week. If you missed it, go on to Spotify and listen on the keep pound podcast network. We talked about how crucial this preseason was for Matt Corral to show that he belonged in the NFL. And after this past week, hey, Bryce Young was under pressure, but he showed poise. Matt Corral honestly didn't look like he belonged in the NFL after that preseason game. It was just, it was really, really rough to watch. He didn't seem confident in himself. It was, it was pretty bad. And so Matt Corral needs a really big bounce back game. And then this defense, who's going to step up? Like, I need I need somebody to step up, particularly on that defensive line, to show that, hey, I belong in this rotation. Because, again, games won or loss in the trenches. So, you talk about Matt Corral. Uh, I guess my question I want to I want to pose to you is, how much of Bryce Young should we, should we expect to see in this game? And are we going to get any any view of Andy Dalton in the preseason? I feel like we should get like at least a couple series, either this game or in the next one from Andy Dalton. Make sure he can like still play in that part because if Bryce gets hurt, Andy Dalton's going to be the guy. Um, Bryce Young, I would love to see Bryce play. If the offensive line can hold up, I feel like that's the. <laughs> That's the big, like, conditional aspect of this. I'd love to see Bryce Young play almost a full quarter with Thielen, with Mingo, because if you think about it, this isn't a proven team. This is a really good team on paper that they've pretty much all assembled this offseason. They haven't had real meaningful minutes to play with each other. Get all of these guys on the team to play. 
Maybe, maybe you leave Miles Sanders off. That's fine. Okay. That was my next question. But, do we, but do we, uh, why, why not play Miles Sanders at least a couple series in the preseason? Like there's, there's something to be said about the lack of like the lack of conditioning in a sense, like you're a pro wrestling guy. There's a difference no. between, there's a difference between being in shape and being in ring shape. There's a difference of being in shape and, and, and well-conditioned and well-conditioned in the NFL. I mean, you watch, you watch prize fighters spar so they can get used to getting hit in the stomach, getting hit in the face. There is something to be said about being in game shape. And I think, especially considering that they don't, they don't go so hard in the preseason camp anymore, that there's something to be said that I feel like Miles Sanders should get some playtime in the preseason. You would disagree? The, o- the only way I'd push back on that is running backs get hurt a lot. And Everybody their mileage, gets hurt. But their mileage is so much shorter. That's why these guys don't get long-term contracts, especially after their rookie deals. Miles Sanders got the most lucrative deal in the offseason for running backs. Um, Until Dalvin Cook, maybe. But Well, no. I mean, Dalvin Cook only got a year Yeah, but like it was- eight mil. It was eight million. Miles Sanders got what two for ten or three for ten or something like that. I, I want to look up those numbers real quick. On. It's the, the 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 point remains is that like I'm not saying that Miles Sanders needs to play all four quarters. He needs to play every, every offensive snap. Four but, year, twenty five point four million. By the way, so six million, a little over six million a year, which is less than the annual salary that Dalvin Cook is getting. But long term, four yeah, years. I, listen, I get it. Four, you're investing four years into a guy. You don't want him getting hurt in the preseason. But you can get hurt in week one. That's my point. It doesn't matter when they get hurt. You got you got to let them get out there and play. And I'm I'm not I'm not out of here saying that they need to run Miles Sanders into the ground before the season starts. But you need to get Miles Sanders some reps. You need to get guys like Mingo. And, and you need to get Thielen on the field. You need to get, especially coming off an injury in the offseason, you need to get Hayden Hurst on the field against, against live competition. You need, you need to have the, the wherewithal to, to play your starters, at least for a, for a very short period of time, uh, while also maintaining that, that, I wouldn't call it illusion, that maintaining that sort of precaution when it comes to injury. Because, again, you don't want them to get hurt. But saying that you don't want you don't want a guy to play in the preseason because you don't want to get hurt is moot if he goes in week one and he tears his ACL in the first first series of the of, the, of this season. That's a freak accident though, and that's him playing in a meaningful game week one rather than oh we just lost our starting running back uh, in our preseason week two game. I now, know we're ta- no. I know we're talking about practice, but practice is meaningful and if you you can't get that again it's all about that condition that nfl conditioning getting hit being able to take those hits and and do it do it for a season long you gotta at least get him a feel you don't want him to get hit in the ribs in week one and all of a sudden like he's not recovering from it for a few weeks now i say this i think we're agreeing in a way and i'm i'm Go and try to explain it and see if I'm missing the mark here. Okay. I feel like we believe this team, now that they've been, you know, all compiled this offseason and haven't played together in the NFL regular season yet, they need to play together in the preseason. Yeah. Okay. I'm saying I need 
pretty much a quarter out Bryce Young, a quarter out Jonathan Mingo, a quarter out DJ Chark. Miles Sanders, at the most, I would put maybe four carries on him in a series. I mean, I think if you're going to protect anybody on this offense, Miles Sanders, because he is a running back, he's going to be taking much of your load this year. And Adam Thielen, just because of the age that he's got now. I think, listen, I, I can I can agree and disagree with you. I think Miles Sanders, four carries isn't enough. Um, I think might, maybe he gets two series in. Um, when it comes to Adam Thielen, I'm with you. Like, you, you want to keep him fresh. Um, he hasn't he hasn't been blowing the brakes off of people over the last couple of years in Minnesota, especially when you've got Justin Jefferson out there. Um, I, I need more than a quarter out of, out of Bryce Young. If the offensive line is holding up and giving him time to make plays and get the ball down the field, I think you let Bryce Young play a half. If they come out giving up pressure like they did in the first, in the first week against the Jets, and he's getting, he's getting hit three times in three series, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe a quarter. Like you got again, you've got to get him acclimated to it because if you if you throw him in there week one and you can say he can be composed and this that and the other, but if you throw him in there at week one, and he's just getting beat up the in, the entire game in week one of the regular season, uh, he he won't he won't know how to recover. And so I, I again, if he's getting beat up early in this preseason game, yeah, pull him. If the offensive line is doing their job, let him continue to get those reps. And let Bryce Young build some confidence at it into the regular season. Can you agree with that? Yeah. So real quick, are you saying that Miles Sanders has the potential to get beat up week one? If the offensive line plays the way it did against the Jets, yes. Against the Atlanta Falcons. Against anybody. Yeah. If the offensive line struggles the way they did against the Jets, against anybody in the NFL, you're not going to get the running game going. Bryce Young is going to get beat up on. I'm not saying they're going to get beat up by the Falcons, and, and, and it's not a it's not a way to make you feel, look right about the Falcons. It's a matter of saying that the Panthers, if they can't get their offensive line working right, then they've got they've got some some big concerns headed into the regular season. Michael, we're up against it. Why don't you tell the fans where they can find you? Yeah, so I feel like I'm on everything right now. I have Alpaca Michael Davis going live now at three o'clock on Fridays. We move the time to fit our high school football in on Tobacco Road Sports Radio. I have a wrestling podcast Wednesday afternoons, Tobacco Road Sports Radio. My Instagram's on the video feed uh, for Out of Pocket and Drop the Mic. Started a Cowboys, a Dallas Cowboys podcast last week called the Stars and Spikes podcast with Esteban Serrano. He's a reporter out in the San Antonio area. And then also go follow my uh, broadcasting page, Boom Broadcasting, on Facebook because – as more stuff keeps coming onto my plate, um, I'm I'm just ready to share it all with you guys. But Bully Rye, Ryan Frick, where can they find you, my guy? Michael's out here doing everything. I'm just out here doing this and, and my other show. Uh, you can catch my, my my other podcast, Tap Outs and Touchdowns, at Tap Outs and TDs on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it now. Facebook.com slash Tap Outs and Touchdowns. You can follow the YouTube channel as well. Uh, Mondays slash Tuesdays, we do a wrestling show with my co-host PJ Steven. Uh, we've, we've been doing a lot of, a lot of throwback episodes recently. And then every week, Banker Bill and I have been going live Wednesday nights around eight o'clock Eastern time, talking all things football. We've, we've had some fantasy football talking last couple of weeks. Uh, so we're going to continue that on this week. Uh, this has been fun, Michael. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate you taking your busy time away from everything else that you have going on. 
I feel like I'm I'm sort of taking it easy. Meanwhile, you've got all this stuff going on behind the scenes. Uh, and for the, all the listeners, all the audience, thank you for joining us. Until next week, exit the cat cave. To listen to more content by Michael Davis and Ryan Frick on Tobacco Road Sports Radio's YouTube channel and more Carolina-centric podcasts on the Keep Pounding Podcast Network powered by the Fans First Sports Network. For Michael Davis, it's your guy, Ryan Frick. We'll see you next time next week on the Cat Cave.